Freedom has a price. Larry Wynn preached the sermon years ago, and here are some of the things that he said. The Memorial Day observance was begun during the Civil War. During, I'm sorry, some concerned women decided to decorate the graves of those who had bravely given their lives in that destructive civil conflict between the states. The day is intended to stir us to grateful recall of those who have given themselves, shed their blood, and certainly laid down their lives in military battle for the cause of freedom for our land. It should be more than a holiday because if not for these brave men and women, we would not be sitting here today in this worship service. A memorial is anything that helps us to remember. There are some important truths we should remember this Memorial Day weekend. Freedom has a price. And this particular pastor writes this. Several years ago, a speaker named Clebe McClare stood in our pulpit. There was a patch where his left eye had once been. A hook extended from the artificial limb where a strong arm had once helped make him an outstanding athlete. He had been through numerous surgeries to repair facial damage. At 26 years of age, Clevey McClare left his coaching career to enlist in the United States Marine Corps. While leading his 19th recon unit through the jungles of Vietnam, Clevey and his 12 men were attacked. Two gave their lives for others were severely wounded. McClare was miraculously lifted to safety by helicopter. On a plaque presented to Lieutenant McClare by his admiring men is a statement, in this world of give and take, there are all too few who are willing to give what it takes. Cleveland McClare and others like him are a stark reminder to us freedom has a high price. You and I today have freedom spiritually because of a great price that was paid on a cross over 2,000 years ago. Let's enjoy the song as we all sing together today. Would you stand?
I want to thank Joy for uh, just this morning, just just coming and practicing and helping, and then he also. My sister was going to come and play this morning, but she was not able physically to get here. So thank you, Joy. Thank you, Denny. Just hit a few. Sweet anointing, sweet, sweet anointing, pouring down to make me clean like a mighty rushing touch you this morning. Stand and sing it with us, everyone. Oh, 
like to close your eyes and allow the Holy Spirit to touch you today. Sing it. Sweet, sweet anointing pouring down to make me clean like a mighty rushing And we are so thankful for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your anointing. For it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing, Lord, that sets men free. It's the anointing that brings healing. It is that unction that nudges man to where he surrenders his life to you. Lord, it's the holy anointing that delivers those that are bound and sets them free. We thank you for that anointing. May it flow in this place today. May none of us get in the way. May we be open to the moving of your Spirit of God. Let nothing distract us. From embellishing the sweet anointing. Sweet, sweet anointing. Pouring down to make me Rushing stream, sweet, sweet anointing, pouring out the oil and wine all over me, no matter what you need today. No matter where you are in your walk with God, if you'll open your heart to the flow of the Spirit of God, if you allow that stream to flow in your life, He will correct all of those things. You may feel unworthy today. You may not feel like praising God. You may feel like, hey, God, I've suffered with this so long. I don't know if you can heal me or not. He can, He will. All we need is for the Holy Ghost to flow in this place this morning, to touch every heart and every life. The preacher can't do it. The elders can't do it. The deacons can't do it. Programs can't do it. But the holy anointing of God can set you free today. Sing it one more time. 
Just worship Him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joy. Thank you, Denny. You may be seated. Yes, Friday I was coming back. We were coming back from Fuquay Varina. And I began to sing that song, and the anointing fell in that car. And the Lord spoke to my heart. I believe this sermon I want to share with you. I want to continue on the sermon that I started last week that beautiful table and come and dine and feasting at the Lord's table but here's what I believe the Lord has placed on my heart and it's one of the scriptures is found in St. John chapter 7 verses 37 through 39 on the last day that great day of the feast Jesus stood and cried out saying if anyone thirst let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scriptures has said, or the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his spirit, will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would receive the Holy Spirit was not yet, I'm sorry, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. What did he say here? What did Jesus say that we had to do in order to enjoy this river or these rivers? It was not just a river. It was rivers flowing. What did Jesus say what we, man needs to do? He said, first of all, we need to thirst. How thirsty are you today for the manifestation and the movement of God's spirit? We first of all must thirst. And then we must come to Jesus, come without hesitation, come without reservation. We must come to him. And then we must drink. <laughs> Turn the cup up today. Turn the cup of faith up today and enjoy the blessings of the Lord and let that river, those rivers flow. He who believes in me, then we must believe. It must be through faith, not doubt, certainly not unbelief, but we must believe the introduction says you're on your on your outline and by the way if you don't have one please raise your hand 
we want everyone to have an outline. You remember a whole lot more of what you, you read than what you uh, hear. So if you do not have an outline, Brother Steve will make sure that you get one. When Jesus walked the earth, his anointing was evident by the miracles he performed and the lives that he changed and the lives that he touched. From demons to disease, no malady or evil present could, uh, presence could withstand the power that flowed from him. I think it's so important that we understand that Jesus Christ was anointed. In fact, five times in the scripture, it says that Jesus was anointed. And I believe if it's important for him to have been anointed, it's important for the believer today to be anointed. In Acts chapter 10, verse 38, I want you to read it with me. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God's holy anointed. And then we can find the same thing in Hebrews chapter 1 in verse 9. How Jesus Christ was anointed. Luke 4 and 18 tells us that Jesus Christ was anointed. Isaiah 61 and 1, Jesus Christ was anointed. Psalms chapter 45 and verse 7, how that Jesus Christ was anointed. Let me ask you something. What does the church need today? If I have it in your... Uh, in, in your introduction, as a follower of Christ, you have access to the same anointing rather than, and then, rather than being overly concerned about being relevant, rather than being concerned about being professional, rather than being concerned about providing entertainment. Amen? Our desire should be to have the power and anointing of God in our lives. Amen. I want that to sink in. I want us to really understand that the anointing of God operates through the Holy Spirit that is in the believer's life. Roman numeral number one, the power and anointing of God came into our life the day we received the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit came in our hearts and every believer has the Holy Spirit within them. The church is full of people with anointings. Let that register. The church, not just Bethel, but God's church as a whole is filled with people that has the anointing. Me, you, all of us. You say, Pastor, I thought that was just for the preacher. I thought that was for, just for the elders, for the evangelists, the apostles, the prophets, the teacher. No, that anointing is for every believer. And it's for every believer to function in the anointing of the Lord. It is God who anoints us. It's not some committee. Amen. It's, it, 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 it's, the, it's, it's the, the Lord that anoints us. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You're going to receive power. Anointing. 
2 Corinthians 1.21. Now he who establishes you with you in Christ, he who establishes us rather with you in Christ and has anointed us is who? God. God Almighty. The same one that spoke this world into existence when there was darkness and the earth was without form. That same one gives us, you and I, the power. 1 John 2 and 20. But you have an anointing from what? The Holy One, and you know all things. So it's from the Lord. It's through and by the Spirit of God. You can have the anointing of God, but not have that anointing activated, working in you, flowing in your life. Sometimes I think that if we're not careful, we allow the Holy Spirit just to lay dormant in our lives. He's there. He's there. He's there when you feel like it. He's there when you're in church. He's there when you're on your job. He's there when you're in school. He's there no matter if you're a believer and have received Christ and the Spirit of God dwells in you, you have the anointing of the Lord. Look at Roman numeral number two. The anointing, if you don't remember anything that I'd say today but this, the anointing flows as you what? Act. You've got to act. You've got to do something. You must act upon it. The anointing can be dormant in your spirit unless you activate it. Second Timothy chapter 1. Verse 6, therefore God says, Paul says to young Timothy, his spiritual son, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Is it God that stirs him up? Are you looking at it? Are you reading it with me? No. He said you, you activate it. You stir it up. How do you stir up the spirit? How do you stir up that anointing? The Bible says here in, in, in John 7 that he flows. He flows. If that, if that listen, we, everyone can have the anointing in this place today. And we do have that anointing if we are a believer. But, and we can have all kind of needs here. Salvation, deliverance, healing. Blessings, all those things can be here, but until we act upon that anointing, until we act, until we stir him up in our lives, there will be nothing that will happen. Beavers, I don't know if you've ever studied beavers before, but they build dams. And they're good dam builders. Boy, that's a ton to us. They take twigs and they work very hard to build those dams. And they get mud and they put that mud with those sticks and they build that dam because they want protection for their young and they want to keep their food within that dam. And they can build that dam all the way across the river. And I watched on YouTube recently 
how that they got rid of those dams. You know, how they got, you know how they get rid of them? Sometimes they clog up the flow and it will back up and, and, and fill up homes and houses. And sometimes the, the river just is clogged up. I wonder if your river's clogged up today. Has Satan snuck in and brought in the debris and all the trash and all the stuff that goes on in the world? And we listen to it on television and we just, oh boy. And it just piles up and piles up and piles up. And all of a sudden, there's, there's that lack of flow. The river's clogged up. It's downed up. It won't flow. How do they, how do they remove that? I watched them over and over again. That takes something about this long. And it's got a little fuse coming out of the top of it. In fact, some of them, the dams are so and the, the dams are so clogged up and built up so much until they have to put one stick of dynamite on the other stick of dynamite in order to get it done. And sometimes they have to blow it up several times to get all that debris out. When Jesus said in Acts 1 and 8, you shall receive power, you know what the Greek word is for that? Dynamo. comes from the, That's where we get our word dynamite. What an illustration. What we need to do is the power of God to blow up the debris, get rid of the dam, get rid of the debris, and all the distraction in our lives, and say, flow, river flow. Flow, river flow. We used to sing a song. Let the poor man say I am rich again. Let the lost man say I am found again. Let the river flow. I love this song. Let the blind man say I can see again. Let the dead man say I am born again. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Holy Spirit come. Move power of God. Let the river flow. That's what God's saying to the church today. You know, we pray and we ask God, oh, God, do this. He's already done what he wants to, he, what he had a purpose to do in our lives. And that's fill us with his power. Fill us with the anointing. But if we're not careful, we'd sit with our arms folded and say, God, I wish you would move. God said, I wish you would move. God's waiting on us to move. The world is waiting on us to move. And we're sitting around waiting to move. Get you a stick of dynamite. Get you the power of God. Listen, how do we get that power? How do we get that power? Well, one of the great ways of getting that power is through prayer. I mean praying. I'm talking about really praying. I remember years ago, people prayed. And they, they were not ashamed to pray out. Somebody says, you bother me praying out. Well, get over it. <laughs> we need to, oh, God, I'm clogged up. I've been listening to much stuff. It's all in here and I need to get rid of it. I've been watching too much Fox News and I can't, I mean, they're fussing back and fussing here and fussing there. 
I've been looking at too many movies. I've been listening too much on the phone. I've been talking to, oh, I've been playing, I've been playing games over and over on the computer. God help us. Now I didn't quit preaching and went to meddling, didn't I? But it's true. We need to let the spirit flow. We need to let the river flow. We need to remove it. The anointing can be dormant. Paul didn't say to Timothy, pray to God to stir up the gift, for it's not God's responsibility. It's your and my responsibility. You know why Jesus had the anointing and it mentions it five times or more in the Bible? You know why? Over and over and over again, he goes up into a deserted place to pray. It says here, and he left the people and went up to pray. How long has it been since we've really prayed before the Lord? How long has it been since we've called on his name and said, oh, God, I'm hungry. You ever get real hungry? I doubt many of us really get real hungry. But I remember working on the farm and you work and you get up at four o'clock and at five o'clock and you work. When I say you work, you work. I wonder if people knows what work is today. I'm talking real work. And boy, by the time 12 o'clock gets here, that old dinner bell, it just goes off in your stomach and you're hungry. You're hungry. You don't go to that table with a frown on your face and grandmama or mama sticks the food and frown. You go to that hungry, you get your fork and you get your spoon and you get your knife and you go to work because you're hungry. We need to hunger, 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 hunger for the power, the anointing, and the move of God Almighty. God help us to hunger. I'm hungry. I'm famished. The church is suffering from spiritual malnutrition. Look at, look at Acts chapter 1, verses 10 and 11. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Now, most of us know when that happened. Jesus, his little band of soldiers on the hillside, he said what he was going to say. He's going to go back to heaven. A cloud comes and takes him up to heaven, and they're just standing there gazing. I don't know how long they'd stood there before those two men appeared. I don't know, but he stood there gazing. God's moving. God's Holy Spirit is moving, and we just gaze it. Preacher preaches a fantastic sermon and we just stand there gazing. Just, just, just looking up. God help an angel to visit us and say, why in the world are you standing here? You know, they talked about the tent today. They're going to meet today at 6 o'clock. If, like if you'd like to do something besides standing gazing, be here at 6 o'clock. If you just stand and gazing, you're gazing at something, you're looking at people, you're looking at television, you're looking at this and looking at that and looking at the other, we need to stop gazing and get on with the program. Amen. Because God is calling the church outside of the walls of the church. 
And I believe that God wants the church to move today and the power of God to operate. Can you say amen? The acting. So I says, I don't feel anything. You don't have to feel anything. You've got God's word that supports it. And it's the active that activates the anointing. When you decide to move with God, when we decide to move with God, that's what activates the anointing. Somebody says, but Brother Don, I'm afraid. We need to stop being afraid of failure. You're going to fail. We're all going to fail. But go on anyway. Hallelujah. You may fall all over yourself trying to get something done for Jesus, but God's going to take what you do if we will start Acting. The anointing flows from the top. Uh, I, I didn't get this scripture, and I don't know why I didn't. Uh, Christy or whoever's there, uh, can you pull up Psalms 133? That whole chapter, it's not long at all. Psalms 133. Good scripture. How pleasant, wonderful it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It's just wonderful. The anointing flows directly from Jesus, the head, our high priest, and anointed one. Behold! Now, you don't want to say behold unless there's something to behold. I mean, that's the reason. I mean, there's a lot of behold. Behold! God just didn't put that in there just to be read or to make it nice reading. But he says, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Okay, number two. It is like the precious oil. Now keep in mind, most of the time when oil is mentioned in the Bible, it's talking about the Spirit of the Lord. Behold how precious, it's like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron, the high priest, running down on the edge of his garment. Now that's plenty, isn't it? That's a whole lot of oil. That's a whole lot of flowing. Hallelujah. And it continues to flow. It is like the dew. Oh, hallelujah. This blessed me when I read it. Of Hermon. Descending. And that's what we need today. Descend on us. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. The Holy Ghost fell upon them. And that anointing. And those weak, feeble, disciples went out of that place and turned their world upside down. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountain of Zion. For there, say there, for there. Now that's where you want to be. You say, where are you going to be? Well, I'm going to be on the golf court. Mm -mm. Well, I'm going, to be, I'm going to be at the restaurant. Mm -mm. That's all places that might be okay. But you know where the Lord's going to bless you at? There. There, God told the prophet to go down to the brook chair and he said, I will feed you there. 
Brother David and I know a pastor in South Carolina. He's been gone years ago. He preached a sermon, Brother David, and you I'm sure you remember it. On that prophet that said, go down to the brook, Cherith. And he said, I will feed you, what? There. For there the Lord commanded the blessing, life, for, you know what? You know the reason people don't receive the blessing? Because they ain't there. They're yonder somewhere. They're out of the will of the Lord. <clears throat> They're doing their own thing. They're satisfying the flesh. But the Spirit of God, that spirit man is crying out this morning. And you feel like there's something missing. God said, go there, there. Dwell together in unity. If you notice from the top of his head all the way down, all the way down his clothes, all the way down to the end of his skirt, to the end of his pant leg, all the way. God's got plenty of the anointing for you and I today. But you and I have got to prepare ourselves. We must first stir ourselves up. I think if ever there was a time that the church needs to stir itself, it's today. We need to be stirred. Move. We need the hunger, thirst, desire, believe. We need to drink. Hallelujah. You can have all the water you want sitting there in the glass. Let's see here. Look here. Look here. Ain't gonna do me a bit of good sitting in this sitting in this glass. And that's that's about where we keep it, right here. Boy, isn't that good? Boy, they got it cool for me on the side. Look at it. Good and cool. But I, and I'm thirsty. My, 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 my throat needs water, but it's not doing me a bit of good to sit in that jar, in that glass. It, church, put it to your lips. God, I want it. I hunger. It refreshes you. The anointing will refresh. The anointing will give you power. Power to cast out demons and devils. It will give you power to lay your hands on the sick and they what shall recover. God, we need it. The anointing flows directly from Jesus to the head. Somebody says, I gotta wait on a preacher. I gotta wait on a committee. No, you don't have to wait on nobody. You get under the spout where the glory comes out. And I'll tell you what, the anointing will bless the people that are around you. And they're hungry for it. The anointing will take away the yoke. Isaiah 10 and 27. The anointing destroys the yoke. Hosea 14 and 5. You don't have this one. The dew was fresh water from heaven. That dew Hosea talks about. When we dwell together in unity there, God commands his blessing. And we experience, listen to this, refreshing life and spiritual growth. 
Now you say, Brother Don, what's the purpose of the anointing? What's the purpose of the anointing? Did I get this down? I hope I did. Uh, Luke 4, 18. I guess I'm going to have to ask you, Christian, to put that up. Is it up? You read my mind? Come on, get out of here. <laughs> Look at it. The spirit. Now, this is this is if if Jesus needed this, we need it. The church in 2021 needs it. If ever there was a time. He said, "The spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to shout." He didn't say that, did it? He has anointed me to go to just go to church. No, he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. God, that's what that the church is. This this is the church of uh, the world today. This is the world today. This is where they are, and the the church needs to fan out into the world and say, "I'm here, not just boastfully, but by faith. I'm here to pray the prayer of faith, and for the anointed to flow through me, my hands, my mouth, my my life, and to touch your life." Oh, the power of God is in this place today, but is in you. Proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You say, Brother Don, that was for Jesus. Brother Don, that was for the apostle. Let me tell you something. God has given the Holy Spirit for every believer. It's unto you your sons and your daughters. It wasn't just for the early church. Jesus passed the same ministry on to his disciples. Luke chapter 9, it says, Then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all demons and cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. God, let the church have power. And the church will have power when it has the anointing. And the anointing, the church will have the anointing when it's filled with the power of the Spirit of God. Oh. He passed the ministries on to his disciples. And ultimately to the entire church. Brother Matt, come if you would. There's an anointing in this place today. There's a sweet anointing in this place today. And what I'm looking at across this congregation, all, all across, listen to this, listen to me, all across this congregation, what I'm looking at is a group of people that is baptized, filled, full of the Holy Spirit. All you need is to get that stick of dynamite and blow that dam away. I don't know what blocks you're moving. It could be doubt. It could be fear of failure. 
Will God do it through me? Yes. Will God do it through you? Yes. He will. Sing it, Brother Man. Comforter and friend. God, we need your touch. Are you hungry for it? Are we hungry for the touch of God Almighty? Sing that song. Let it be your prayer today. Come on, sing it to him. Holy Spirit, here we go. Holy Spirit, rain down on us today. We're hungry. We're thirsty. We're hungry, Lord. touch you today. Come on. Come with an open heart. Come with a receptive heart today. Come hungry. Come hungry. Sing it. Come hungry. Come wanting God to touch your life.
if you're not saved today, Jesus wants to save you. He wants to see you born again. And we're believing of the Lord for you. All you need to do is repent of your sins. Accept Jesus. Ask Jesus Christ right now, right now, to come into your heart. Be godly sorry of your sins. He'll do that. What I want to do is lay my hands. I won't. I want to lay my hand. I'm just going to walk by and lay my hand. If we could get people to stand all around here. Would you like to be like Timothy? I would love Timothy in the Bible. Paul really loved that young man. <laughs> Do you want to see the anointing of God? Do you want to stir the gift that's in you? Do you want to stir up the Holy Spirit in you? Then let me lay my hands on you. And I'm going to walk. I'm going to just, just, right? Just form a circle all the way around the altar. Come on, come on. Thank you, brother man.
Sing it out. I exalt thee. I exalt thee. Lift your hands. Sing it out. I exalt you, Lord. One more time. I exalt you, Lord. this morning. The anointing of God is in this place. When I was 26 years old, 36 years old, 46 years old, the anointing would move like that and I could just go right on. But now the anointing comes on me and I'm not 46 anymore and it just, it just weakens me. But let me tell you, it doesn't matter how weak I am, he's strong. Amen. You're not just going to walk out that door and be the same as you did when you came. Hallelujah. Let the anointing flow through you. Be sensitive to what people are saying. Be ready for you to allow the Holy Spirit to use you. Not in pride, but in humility. And pray for it. Someone says, I'm afraid. Don't be afraid. Fear will, will just counsel out faith. You need, to, you need to be faithful in that that God's called you to do.